The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate y'all joining us here on this Wednesday evening, or if you're checking us out on one of your favorite places to catch podcasts. It is officially the second week in August, which means we have had the Hall of Fame game, which means NFL football is officially back, and that means it is time for one of Kelsey and I's favorite parts of every year, and that is the NFL predictions shows. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, going back to the... Dog days of when we first started, when they were three-hour episodes all crammed into one to where they are now, where we break it up over a month. This is one of our favorite times of the year where we get to see how smart we are or how dumb we are and a little bit of everything in between as we try and predict the NFL season ahead. I got to say, we haven't had so many dumb dumb predictions since uh, since the three-hour episodes ended. Um, But yeah, we've had some some bad predictions, I think it's safe to say. We had some good predictions. I'm looking at you, Broncos, last year saying i did a pretty good job with them and don't feel so bad um but i've had some bad very 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 bad ones as well the colts definitely let us down and the rams let let us both down last year that's for sure as well but the year before that too i was lucky enough to get the super bowl winner and a couple others whereas so we've had a few here and there as well so and just like the year before you were able to get the super bowl matchup you just had the wrong winner in that one so we've had some good some bad and some ugly in there yeah it's it's stereotypical i mean look you, you you know you're the good. I don't know. Somebody else is the bad. I obviously, take up the ugly part. So, we it is what it is. We're accepting of it. It's the high. It's the low. It's everything in between. Well, you know what? We're going right back at it again here today. And we're going to go ahead and start with, you know what? Probably two of the better divisions in football. We're going to start with the West. We're going to do the AFC and the NFC West today. That's what we're going to go through. We're going to go through each team. We're going to predict their records, talk a little bit about what we see. What we did, too, to make these picks is we used an NFL game predictor website. So we picked every single game of the season. So it's not like we just pulled numbers out of a hat. These are all numbers after every single game was played and on paper, which is we obviously don't have to tell us games are on paper. You can leave that comment if you want, but we know that. But this is the most we could do right now. So we picked every single game through there. And these were the records that came out with it as well. So we're going to go and just jump right into it. We're going to start with the NFC West, a weirdly competitive division last year, but not quite the teams we thought about from the 49ers being a juggernaut that won 11 in a row to end the season. The Seahawks surprising everybody, getting better after trading away Russell Wilson. We got the Rams, whose fall from grace was, oh, my Lord. And then the Cardinals, who just quite couldn't quite get it going. They couldn't make it three in a row for a home team Super Bowl hosting. So those will be the three teams we're going to talk about today. And you know what, Kelsey, since last year I think you got to go first last time, I will go first yeah. this time. We're going to start with the NFC West. I'm going to work my way from the bottom to the top. So we're going to go ahead and start with the Arizona Cardinals. I think you're going to bring up the rear of this division. After going through all the games, I think they're going to have a rough season. I have them going 2-15 and 15 as of right now. I have them with, spoiler alert, you could probably imagine one of the worst records in football at 2-15. and 15. Kyler Murray, we don't know when he's going to come back. And honestly, if I'm the Cardinals, I don't know if I really want him to play this year. If I'm looking at it, let's say he's not supposed to come back till mid-November and you're like 1-11 or something, I just say, you know what, Kyler? You're going to get paid. It's all good. Buda Baker might end up getting traded before the season. We'll have to wait for that as well, too. There's This team is rebuilding, new head coach. A lot of new young players getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. You're depending on how the Texans finish next year, you're probably gonna have two top 10 picks. And you and with the Caleb Williams and Drake May, May sweepstakes, plus some of those other quarterbacks like Penix, Spencer Radler, etc., Quinn Ewers. If you want to keep Kyler enrolled, Kyler, you got some really, really high value picks that you can leverage into setting up a ridiculous dynasty, dynasty of picks moving forward. Or you have the opportunity to then trade Kyler next year. 
But that's something you're going to be worrying about in a year from now. Unfortunately, in the meantime, it's going to be rough for the Cardinals. I don't know who's going to take the snaps. I don't know who's going to run the ball. I don't really know who's going to catch the passes. I don't know who's going to block. I don't know who's going to. They have a they have some good players, but they have they have some pretty good young players. I like taking Paris Johnson in the first round is a long term pick, but I got a feeling twenty twenty three is not going to be good for the Arizona faithful. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to tend to agree with you here. Uh, that doesn't make sense. It makes sense that you you know Arizona finishes last. Obviously, you lose Kyler. It's a big hit. That's just that. But you lose D Hop, uh, potentially losing Buda Baker, as you mentioned. There's a whole lot going on in in, in Arizona, and none of it seems good. So uh, definitely understand your your Cardinals pick there at number four. Uh, so DJ, who's your who's your number three here in the NFC West? Also throw on to that too. I don't, Jonathan Gannon's first year coaching. I'm not sure how I feel about him as a head coach. He's not the option I made. So even if he is a good coach, that first year is going to be pretty rough going with how it is. And I think we got there's a lot to be desired in Arizona. We'll leave it at that. But we're now move on to third in the division. This is where I have the former defending Super Bowl champion, the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to be coming in here with a 7-10 and 10 record at third in the division. This one was tough because I think they are a good team. You got Aaron Donald, still an elite pass rusher. Cooper Cup, still an elite receiver. Matthew Stafford, sometimes when he's healthy, really, really good still. You got really good players. I'm worried about Matthew Stafford and that neck injury. Like That's not something I think is just going to disappear. So I think... I think we're going to see Stetson Bennett play during this year. I really do, I really think we're going to see a good amount of Stetson Bennett. I don't know who's going to really carry the ball. I don't know too much about the running game. The offensive line still has some holes. They're not going to be as bad as last year. I think they're going to improve a lot from last year. But I do think there's still a lot of holes on the team. They haven't had a lot of picks because F them picks has been the mantra. They went all in on that Super Bowl run. They got it. But unfortunately, this is where I think it's going to get a little bit rough. They have some quality players and good coaching. They're going to win some games. Cooper Cup's hamstring injury in the preseason does worry me. Even, I know even if it's just a precaution, but I don't like receivers with those soft tissue injuries in the preseason. That causes them to miss time. So I can't imagine he's going to have yourself another triple crown receiving season. That being said, I got the Rams going 7-10, and 10, kind of a middle-ish of the pack team that's still really good, but I don't think they're going to – they're going to annoy some teams. That's what they're going to be. They're going to be the team that annoys the playoff teams. They're going to randomly make things closer, take a pound of flesh, if you will. They're going to annoy the Seahawks, the Rams, the 49ers, every, all those other teams that they play. They're going to annoy them. So I got the Rams going 7-10, and 10, third in the division. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have not really much to add to that. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a surprise that, you know, you're not bringing up the running back situation there in, in, in the Ram, in, in Los Angeles as well. Just because oh, it's going to be. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, there's, that's the problem is, is like, well, who's actually going to take the snaps there as they're starting running back? Um, so a little generous to 7-10, and 10, considering we don't know who the, what's going to be their, their situation at running back. Uh, I have to say, but yeah, uh, I mean, I have no complaints there. You putting him at three seems pretty, pretty safe spot for, for the former defending champions. I think you'll have a healthy Stafford for a little bit. You'll have a healthy Cooper cup, a healthy Aaron Donald plus Sean McVay. They'll find a way to win a few games. It's like, Oh, good for them. But I, I don't see them contending kind of like we mentioned too, but that's going to now take us to the top of the division here. The one that might get a little bit of surprise here is at the second division. I got the San Francisco 49ers. I have them going 11 and six next year. We all know top to bottom, one of the best rosters in the game. Kyle Shanahan is an absolute juggernaut when it comes to offensive play designing, putting plays together, to offensive design, making life easy for quarterbacks. So much so that we saw Brock Purdy go undefeated as a starter up until an NFC championship game when his elbow exploded. We saw that we saw them play th- three different quarterbacks last year. Didn't miss a beat. They start with Trey Lance plays a game and a half or a game and a quarter. Saw Jimmy G come in, picked up right where he left off. Then we saw Brock Purdy take over. Right now, Brock Purdy is the starter. He's pretty much locked in right now. It's his job to lose, which 
I don't even know how much he's going to play in the preseason, so he's not going to lose it anytime soon. Trey Lance and Sam Darnold seem to be fighting for that number two spot as Sam Darnold's been looking really good, but so is Trey Lance. I do think we're going to see at least two quarterbacks play for this team this year, I think. Maybe even all three of them. I'm not saying that Brock Purdy's going to get hurt or he's going to stink, but it's the 49er way, basically, to see multiple quarterbacks play in a season. So I think we're going to see all of them. Trey Lance is going to still get some of his, like, where Kyle Shan uses him as a damn fullback, basically, which was a mistake at the start of last year. But So we're going to see some of that. I don't. I think this is where it's going to catch up to them a little bit. They're obviously still 11-6. and six. They're still awesome. But I do think this quarterback carousel that they've been able to just work around in the last few years, I think we'll see a little bit more bumps this year. So Debo Samuel's awesome. George Kittle's awesome. Chris McCaffrey's awesome. Trent Williams is awesome. Nick Bosa, depending on how that holdout goes, he's awesome. I don't know. When does he come back? Does he come back 100%? We know how holdouts are always... They're very up in the air. Fred Warner's awesome. Tua Falonga's awesome. Like They have so many awesome players, but at the same time, injuries are a thing for this team, and I really do kind of just worry if that quarterback situation is going to catch up. And as we've seen for the 49ers, they do tend to go up, 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 and then they take a dip, then they come right back up. They gave two back-to-back NFC Championship games. I think this is where we see them. Not going to say downslide, but I think they'll lose a few of those games where it's like, huh, they should have won that game. Like last year when they lost to Denver, it's like, well, you should have won that game. I think we're going to see a couple more of those this year and that quarterback carousel. We'll see if it is a carousel this year, but I, of course, have my worries with how it's been. So I'm going to go with 11-6 and six for the 49ers. Still very, very good. Maybe just maybe not quite the 14-3 and three juggernaut everyone's expecting. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I got to say, I'm surprised a little bit uh, with the 11-6 and six record here. But, yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, you know, look, the Niners are what the Niners are the end of the day they have a lot of talented individual pieces it's just whether they can all stay healthy at the end of the day i mean that that levi stadium is turning kind of into uh meadowlands east in in a lot of or meadowlands west in a lot of ways uh, with all those injuries taking place in the last couple years so we'll have to wait and see if they can stay healthy but if they stay healthy i definitely don't mind this this putting them at number two that's for sure not to mention they also have to play the AFC North, which is a very good division as well. They have their own division that can be sometimes be tough. Plus, they play some teams like the Eagles as well. Like They don't have an easy schedule by any means, so I think there's going to be some tough games in there for them. But as that, as you'd imagine, there's only one team left to have at the top of the division. That's going to be the Seattle Seahawks, who I have. I think they're going to take the NFC West this year. I think they're going to do it with a 14-3 and record is how I had it playing out. So I have Seattle, as you could tell, being one of the better teams, not just in the NFC, but in the NFL as well with 14 wins. This team is loaded when you look at it. They are absolutely loaded. You know Smith ain't right back, and he took a quarterback-friendly deal as well, too. He's got his money, but he's not hes not hamstringing the team at all. Kenneth Walker was outstanding last year. The concern is injury. He's dink-banged up right now. What do you do? You bring in Zach Charbonnet, who is basically like this year's Kenneth Walker on paper as a draft prospect, more or less. You have DK Metcalf, an absolute, absolute stud, who should have been on the NFL's top 100 list. You have Tyler Locke, who's an absolute stud, who was on the NFL top 100 players list. And what do you do to that? You add Jackson Smith and Jigba, the ultimate complement to those two, to play in the slot. Coming off a full season of where he was injured, so now you know how healthy he is. We saw him during the draft combine we talked about on our episode after that. He's still got it. That route running is smooth as velvet on a velvet cake. He is in and out of breaks so quickly. You throw quick screens to him. He is absolutely incredible in that role. If you double-team DK Metcalf, put a safety over the top, Who's going to guard Jackson Smith and Jigba? You're going to trust the safety to roll down and guard him. You're going to put a linebacker over him. Your nickel corner is going to deal with him with a two-way go. Good luck. You bring in an extra DB. Kenneth Walker, Zach Sharby is going to hand it off. Geno Smith, I think he was, what, 70% completion last year? That's very Almost, much a lot yeah. of his games. 
you have two young guys that were rookie tackles last year was with, with cross for example they were good last year and now you got another year on top of it and having even got to the defense look at all the picks they had from that russell wilson trade this year two first round picks including a top five multiple second round picks Devin witherspoon a guy we both had as a top two corner in this draft outstanding player to go along with Tariq woolen who led the nfl interceptions last year you got quandre Diggs, bobby wagner is back they are a loaded team across the board like there's they're more you can make a case they're more loaded than the 49ers top to bottom. The Niners have more of those elite players when you look at like Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, et cetera. But player player for player across the board, Seattle's absolutely jacked and loaded. I don't think Geno Smith was a one-off last year. Maybe he doesn't fully repeat that. Maybe he doesn't lead the league in completion percentage again. But I could with the team he has around him, if everyone stays reasonably healthy, I think he can very easily throw for 4K yards and 30 plus touchdowns. This team is absolutely loaded, and I think. Pete Carroll's also, you know, he's the type of guy who's got a little something to prove since that Russell Wilson situation. Last year wasn't enough. He's going to take another pound out of it as well, too. So give me the Seahawks going 14-3 and three and winning the NFC West if they stay healthy because they are loaded. I had to put my blue light on for the Seahawks for you hmm. just to just to give a little bit of representation for the Seahawks. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think I think wholeheartedly yeah, it's, there's, there's an opportunity there for the Seahawks to, to, to perform and I mean, we'll have to see what Gino can do. Does does Gino is it is it I ain't right back, Gino, or is it? Well, I got signed now. I uh, what am I gonna do, Gino? Um, I, wrote, I wrote my name on that check, so I'm good now, Gino. <laughs> yeah, like is it, you know is he gonna get uh, nightmares of IK? I can never remember the guy's last name uh, who broke his jaw, uh, his own teammate, or are we actually gonna see high quality Gino? I, I do think there's a lot to, to be said about that, but um, it'd be very interesting. Going forward, I, I got to say, your NFC West, not too unlike what my potentially looks like, uh, but there's a little difference in records there. Um, mm-hmm. But I do like, I, I got to say, I, I mean, I'm intrigued to see with, with what you have there in, in the NFC West, how close that ends up being through. Absolutely. I think it's going to be very competitive as well, too. I think them and the 49ers are going to be head-to-head, especially early in the season. I think it's going to be some great battles as well. And you know who we didn't even mention? We didn't even mention Blitzboy, Jamal Adams, who they traded for as well, too, who – for his limitations and coverage and catching the ball, he can still be a game-breaker in the box, and he didn't play last year because he was injured so early. So he's still going to be coming back as well. Bobby Wagner's back on that defense. They're going to get after the passer a lot better this year, I believe, as well. So I just think it's going to be a really good team. That secondary is going to be really good too. So I like the Seahawks a lot. I think they're going to cause a lot of havoc this year. So just to recap, my NFC West predictions, bringing up the rear, we got the Cardinals at 2-15, and 15, the Rams at 7-10, and 10, the 49ers second in the division at 11 and 6. The Seattle Seahawks making some noise with a 14 and 3 record to win the NFC West. So this is what I have for the NFC West. I will see how it plays out if I'm right, if I'm wrong, or if I'm just somewhere in the middle. But Kelsey, NFC West, you alluded to there's some similarities, but some differences. So go and take it away. How do you see who's going to be the best in the West? Yeah. So we'll go ahead and just start it out right here at the bottom. Uh, right with you. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals, two and fifteen. Uh, and there's no doubt about it in my mind. They get a couple of lucky wins. They're not in their own division, by the way. Um, they just happen to get them right out of division somehow. And look, no, te- it's it's hard to go winless, right? So teams can luck into wins uh, in a lot of different ways. And the Cardinals, they don't know what they're going to be doing going forward, as we talked about when when you you know, no Kyler potentially no Kyler all season. Honestly, it's going to be no Kyler long enough that it might as well be all all season because you're not curious to know what he can do on two games when the rest of your team is just trying to stay healthy. I don't care. Uh, you, you, you're you going to sit the whole year at that point in time if I'm if I'm anything to do with the Cardinals. 
Uh, I'm not hurting him. I'm not giving – I'm giving Jonathan Gannon the op- absolute best chance to succeed going forward next season because this is just a one-year rental uh, this first year. I mean, this is this is a trial season just to see if you can even coach to begin with. Not how good you can coach, just if you can coach uh, for Gannon, and then we'll have to see what he's able to do. That's obviously not going to be great. And, and honestly, if they finish four and – 13 we're sitting here looking like oh my god the cardinals four wins holy crap how'd they pull that off like you know it's um it's gonna be one of those seasons here so yeah i, I mean cardinals for me sitting fourth in, in in the division just like you had them uh two and 15 so it's just hard to find wins for them and honestly it, i feel like they want to be in that caleb williams drake may sweep stakes too it's almost like tyler sit just sit out we have so many holes if we win five games it's a detriment you're still a top five pick of that team you got the texans pick two you can end up with picks one and two the amount of things you could trade for that, if you believe in Kyler, imagine what the haul you can get for Caleb Williams, then the haul you can get for Drake May. That is seven future first round picks, possibly, and some and some more. So, honestly, I'm not saying I support tanking, but if I'm the Cardinals, it's like you might not even have to try tanking, but it might just play out perfectly for you. This is we'll be looking back at this in four years that the Cardinals go two and fifteen like that saved their franchise, whether they draft Caleb Williams or they trade it for a haul. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree here. Uh, but that's going to be right at number three here for the NFC West. And for my third place team in the NFC West, I'm not changing up the team, but I am a little less positive on them than you are, DJ. I'm going up with the Los Angeles Rams here at 5-12. and 12. Uh, Only two wins, by the way, coming against the Cardinals. So it's just going <laughs> to rub it in. Uh, but look, I am concerned. I am strongly concerned about Matthew Stafford. Um, you didn't see any, any, anything from him last year when he did play. It wasn't great. Uh, you do. You are very concerned about the neck. Anytime a quarterback has a neck injury, and especially a quarterback with as many injuries as somebody like Matt Stafford, and who has talked about talking about thinking about retirement, well, we all know my opinions on that. Is the moment a quarterback starts talking, or player, any player, any NFL player starts talking about potentially retirement, potential retirement in their career, the writing's on the wall. It's only a matter of time. I am very concerned about that for the Rams, and I am extremely concerned by them not having a running back considering all the issues with Matthew Stafford. And, and when I say running back, I mean, what's going to happen in their running back core here? I, there's a, we don't know what the situation is. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot of question marks for me. A lot of question marks on defense as well. You, got, you lost Jalen. You lost Bobby. You lost everything other than Aaron Donald, basically, is, is where you're at. Uh, so what are you going to do there? I think, what, they still have Leonard Floyd, if I'm not mistaken. That's, that's the only other pass rusher they really have. So, yeah. Los Angeles Rams are very concerning for me. Um, I have them at five and twelve, and honestly, if they win six or seven games, I'll be shocked because they just, I don't see it. I really don't with the Rams, with their schedule, with everything they have to go up against, and the lack of firepower they have outside of Cooper Cup. People know about Cooper Cup now. It's a simple bracket, and I mean, I say a simple bracket. It's not really simple to bracket Cooper Cup, uh, but as far as a defensive scheme goes, you don't have a whole lot else to worry about if you're scheming a defense against that team so um it's it's really just all right shut off cooper cup and we'll see what we can do everything else uh, yeah I, it's just a lot of concerns there a lot of concerns defensively especially in that secondary um i mean even in the linebacking core it's, there's there's concern so yeah los angeles rams five and 12 and it's not going to be a pretty five and 12 by any means I kind of said it when we did the prediction a couple of years ago when I said they were going to win the Super Bowl. It was literally a this is their all-in year, basically. They're going in to win it this year, and then after that, it kind of falls apart. And it's kind of what we saw happen, just a lot faster and deteriorated quicker than even we expected. I think 
I don't know. I don't even know who's going to, what's going to, I just don't know this. Even it's like, like you mentioned, you double team Cooper cup, who else scares you before you had Odell. Now I don't know who you got. Like who, Who's out there? I mean, nobody. Van Jefferson. Okay. Like we saw. I, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, like exactly right. Like, Okay. He's good, but he's not terrifying anybody. It's like, all right, Stetson Bennett throw to Van Jefferson 12 times. Like, we'll take our chances with that. It's it's not going to be good. Um, very concerning from, from a lot of different standpoints there. But, yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned for the Rams. Sean McVay, I'm not going to say writing's on the wall for you on this one. And we I left him out of my coaches on, like, you know, anybody on the, on the hot seat because it, he's not. Like, he's been to two Super Bowls and – you know what seven years of coaching so not not a terrible record there by any means Stafford won his Super Bowl so that's not concerning so I just think this team has nothing to really play for I don't think they have enough oof to try to battle through a 17 game grinding seat 18 game grinding or 18 week grinding season you know it's just gonna be a it's gonna be a tough one um to watch for the Rams so yeah Rams five and 12 uh, third in the division just ahead of the Arizona Cardinals at two and 15. That'll take me to team the team in second place here. And again, not changing the team by any means from DJ's because I do agree with a lot of his assessment. I just disagree with the ranking. He's a lot happier and nicer to these teams than I am. Uh, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers here at nine and eight. And the biggest reason I have him at nine and eight is who's going to play quarterback. Do you think Brock Purdy really comes back in week one and is successful? You're crazy. You're absolutely out of your mind. The biggest reason he was successful last year was because nobody had tape on him. And what happened when teams found tape on him? They had to come up with some of the craziest plays I have ever seen in my life to make things work. And they barely did that. And then when he was done, they had nothing. They literally had nothing in the tank. Obviously, you you don't plan on losing two quarterbacks in, in a playoff game, but you did. It happened. You still don't know what you have with Trey Lance you reports are don't like what you have in Trey Lance. You have Sam Darnold and I don't think we're going to recapture the, the, the once was Southern California darling. That is Sam Darnold. Um, you might get a little bit of quality time out of him. I'll blame Gabbard a couple years ago. I don't see it sticking, sticking long-term. I see you guys getting nine wins and most of that's going to be down to Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel out here, just doing their thing. And George Kittle leading the way in blocking. And Trent Williams leading the way with blocking. And Kyle Juszczyk leading the way in blocking. You're going to have a three-man wall. And then you're going to have everybody else falling behind them. Uh, that seems to be the plan. And uh, honestly, it probably does end up working. Chris McCaffrey might even be QB2 at this point in time. Um, yeah, and you might still be successful with him at QB2. I don't know. Or maybe you might be more successful with him as QB2. I don't trust Brock Purdy going forward. Uh, two kid. Uh, in his career, and I'm not talking NFL, I'm talking his entire career, so going back to college, in his four and a half, five years in, in Iowa State, the guy couldn't stay consistent for the life of him. He would go out one game, throw five touchdowns, go out the next game, throw five interceptions. And we're not talking about these great defenses. We're talking about, eh, defenses. So, yeah, I'm going to go to the 49ers here, nine and eight. Their defense is still fantastic. There's no question. That's why they're going to be in a lot of these games, no matter what. I just don't think there's enough there. Unless the defense gets takeaways and turns themselves into that opportunistic takeaway scoring defense and leads the league in scoring, that they're going to break a 10-win season. I think 10 wins is the cap for this team. 
uh, nine and eight is where I have them sitting at. You know, what's interesting is they have three quarterbacks and we don't know what we don't, there's the jury still kind of out on three of them. It's not like one guy, he is what they are. Cause Sam Darnold, we've seen a lot of him. He's been around for five years, but he's still only 25, 26 years old. And I don't, can't really hold him accountable for having Adam Gase as your head coach for a few of those years. Like that's not fair. That's going to, that's what we talked about. Trevor Lawrence and urban Meyer. That's going to set you back no matter what, like that you're not held liable for that. Then going to the trash heap that was the Panthers and then getting hurt. So for all I know, Sam Darnold, maybe there's like a such thing as California Sam Darnold, kind of like there was California Robert Woods. Maybe he comes, if he gets his opportunity, he lights it up and looks like that USA kid that everyone fell in love with after his sophomore year. Trey Lance, as you mentioned, we have three starts, maybe something like that. And two of them he got hurt in because the one is rookie year where he had the knee injury. Then last year where he broke his leg in his second start. And then Brock Purdy, as you mentioned, we saw a great seven game stretch where everything kind of went right. Maybe that is just kind of how his career is going to be. When things go right, he's really good. I, we don't know. The jury's just still out on three of them. So for all we know, they could be nine and eight, like you mentioned, where we just don't, we don't know. Or one of them could end up being like Sam Darnold might have a random resurgence. And they go 14 and three or something ridiculous. Or Trey Lance is that dude. And three years and not even 20 total starts between NFL and college. We see he ends up being that dude. Like there's, it is such a weird enigma at that position. And when you look at the rest of their team, it's, oh my goodness, only they could figure this one spot out. They're like the, they're like the Colts have been the last four years, but on, but cranked up to eleven. Realistically, yeah. I mean, look, you don't, you don't just have one of the highest paid, actually highest paid running back in the league, and then you know he's not, he's he's not a slouch. He does, the, he does everything. He runs, he blocks, he's, he he'll throw you a touchdown, he'll catch a touchdown out of the backfield, he'll return a kickoff for a touchdown, return a punt return for a touchdown. Then you have Debo, who is also just running back extended. I mean, you have all the these great hybrid talents. I'm not even counting George Kittle because George Kittle in his own right is a hybrid talent. And what I mean that is he will catch and score and run over everybody, but he is more than happy to put his head down and just go bowl over everybody in the way to lead the way for somebody like uh, Christian McCaffrey or even Trey Lance, if Trey Lance is on the field or, you know, any one of those guys, I, I think this team is probably the highest upside here as far as where I think their prediction could end up. I mean, I might be wrong with nine and eight and they go 14 and three. I mean, that's that's how I see this team because their defense is so strong and I don't have any concerns of their defense, realistically. I just don't. Like their defense, as long as it's healthy, I have no concerns on their defense. Uh, Bosa is probably the only concern and that's just, can he stay healthy for a whole season? Because he's obviously had a lot of knocks during his career. Uh, but I, on the other on the flip side, I think this offense is a little more concerning and it really just comes down to that center. And that center of the heart of the of your offense, which is your quarterback. Like if you can figure out that position, everything else is going to figure itself out. Uh, but I also do think they have the lowest floor. I think this team could plummet very quickly if injuries and everything else come, come calling. It's it's a quick quick drop to the end of the elevator shaft, if they, if you will, uh, nice. for this team. So absolutely, they could be like they, we saw the last couple of years, or they could dip it like they were when they were able to get Nick Bosa coming off. They were in the Super Bowl the next year. Or they were number two overall pick, then into the Super Bowl, then missed the playoffs. That so where they got drafted, Trey Lance. So it could go any way, any different direction of this team. But looks yeah. like that's going to take us to number one. And for us, we're looking awfully similar here at the top. Yeah, yeah. Where well, I mean, I'm right here with you, Seattle Seahawks, my number one team. Uh, you went 14 and three. I'm 13 and four. Granted, five of these wins do come in the division. So uh, take those five wins away, and you're looking at an eight and four team for the re- for for the rest of the season. So. It's still a really good team, but it's not perfect. Uh, Seahawks, the big thing is, can we get consistent, calm, concise Geno? 
That's my big concern for this team. And honestly, you need a running game. You've done, you did it last year with Kenneth Walker giving you absolute greatness for a rookie running back and all things considered. Like, I mean, absolutely did his, did his job. Um, you know, in between him, between him and every other running back you threw out in the first six weeks of the season, uh, you know, they did, they did what they had to do. Uh, but also I feel like Gino, the one thing Gino did is he has a lot of teammates now with chips on their shoulders, but they had a great season last year. Are those chips still existing? I'm looking at you, Noah Fant. Is that chip still existing on your uh, on your shoulder? You got traded for chump chains basically last year. I know you're going to be part of the Russell Wilson trade, but you were a throw in. Really, that's like, and you showed out last year. You showed why you need you you deserve to be a starting tight end in the league. Um, you know, you talk about this defense. Jamal Adams not playing all last season. Will he come back with a chip on his shoulder and be that dude? Be Mister Blitzball. Be be the guy that gets hit in the face mask with a pick. But actually, pick it off this time. Like, can we get that? Can we get? Can we get that El Presidente uh, for once? And then, you know, yes, I pulled out his old Jets nickname just for that one. Uh, I just, I need to see something for Jamal Adams. The return of Bobby Wagner, I think, is underrated in a lot of ways. I think Bobby going back to this team is huge for that team. Uh, just not just for that defense's identity, but I also think for my senior Super Bowl winning middle linebacker. He is a absolute stud, and he will provide a veteran presence that not very many players that were out on the market could do, realistically. Um, and you know, yeah, it's home for him, but it doesn't matter. I think this is a situation where he is just gonna come back. He's gonna ball out of his mind. You're gonna see Bobby Wagner really kind of fully healthy for the first time in last five six seasons. It feels like, and with him be- double teaming on that blitz as well with Jamal Adams on the other side, you have both of them coming down. You can drop one into coverage, surprise a team here and there, get a couple of easy interceptions, and walk your way to a victory on defense just, just alone. So I think there's a lot there. And then you mentioned Quandre Diggs on the backside of things. If there's a mistake, it's it's all a, the Troy Palomalu era in, in Pittsburgh. If there's a mistake from Palomalu, there was always somebody to cover him in the secondary. There's a mistake from, from Jamal Adams in this blitzing situation and this blitzing scheme. He blows a coverage. Don't worry, there's Quandre Diggs back there. He's okay. Like it'll be okay. He's he's the better Diggs out of all the Diggs in the in the secondary in the NFL. Uh, so you know it's there's only two of them. Just everybody knows. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think if you're the Seahawks, you have an absolute opportunity here, thirteen and four, to really dominate, really showcase yourself. Pete Carroll will absolutely have a ball. I, I talked about maybe him retiring last year uh, because it would be such a rough season. I take it all back. I think I think this is one that he's going to have a good time here in Seattle this year and. As long as everybody can stay healthy, uh, I think we see a resurgence of DK. I think we see that Tyler Lockett we once saw. And you mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba. Remember how good Doug Baldwin was with, with the Seattle offense? And Doug Baldwin had half this level of skills as Dax, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now you're going to get out a guy who runs routes, can run with, like the wind, and can snag a ball out of midair like nobody's business. I'm excited. I think this is going to be one of the more exciting uh, wide receiving cores to watch. It might be a situation where we have three guys at one point in time in the season approaching 500 yards each, if not even higher. I mean, this is this could be a team where you you see three guys at 700 plus easily. Maybe three thousands, honestly. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say it, but yeah, you absolutely could see three 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 one thousand yards in chunks, and maybe Jackson gets like 80 catches to get it there. You never know. Never. Yeah, but that's just it. Yeah, DK can get, DK would 100 get it in chunks just the way just the way he plays. He's so explosive. I mean, as long as he's healthy. I don't think there's a concern. As long as he keeps his head on, too, I think that's the big thing. 
from last year that you really learned about about DK. It's just you got to keep your head on straight. Play. You got to be able to play through all 48 minutes. You can't just get ejected halfway through a game and think it's okay anymore. So uh, that'll be a big concern, a big big thing going him forward for him. But yeah, I think this the Seahawks team is going to be exciting and fun to watch in the NFC West. I think this NFC West as a whole. It's going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be very exciting. I think it's going to be very ugly. But I do think there's some pieces of it that, that'll be very interesting to watch nonetheless. So just to recap it, from from bottom to top, my top four in the NFC West. Well, there's only four teams. But starting at number four, Arizona Cardinals, 2-15. and 15, The Los Angeles Rams at 5-12. and 12, San Francisco 49ers at 9-8, and eight, taking up second in the division. And the Seattle Seahawks taking the top spot in the division. At 13 and four. Let me know what I got right. Let me know what I got wrong. Obviously, probably going to be a lot. People don't like my picks for some reason, even though I usually pick this pretty close to what you do, but somehow my picks get all the heat. I don't, I'll never understand it. They're just, they're just wrong enough. But this year we got something new that we're breaking out too. This is called the fan vote that we're going to do this year as well, too, where we have an anonymous, we have an anonymous fan vote for it to kind of go against our predictions as well, too. And we're going to, I'm going to give you a look at what ours looks like. It's going to be a lot different than ours. So, Here's the look for the fan vote. They got the Seahawks at four and thirteen, Cardinals at five and twelve, the Rams at eight and nine second, and the 49ers at eight and nine taking the division in a tightly contested one. So the fan vote pretty much polar opposite of ours. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, if we're the right ones there or if they're the right ones. I want to know where they got all these wins for the Cardinals. I, you what know, that? that's a fair six point wins as well. for the Cardinals. Can we pull that back yep. up? Oh yeah, we'll get, let's go and bring that back up because at five it was five for the Cardinals. Five wins for the Cardinals. That's more than you and I had for them combined. So it'll be interesting. I, I jokingly said four wins for the Cardinals would be shocking. Five wins. I might have a heart attack, ladies and gentlemen. You know what's going to happen is we're going to see them hit that third win, and we're going to go sprinting out. It's sprinting back to this is going to be what we look like. <laughs> for for those of you that were those of you that were watching on the cast, you saw torpedo. That's what we're going to end up doing is if we end up if the Cardinals hit that three to four win spot, we're going to be running back to delete our Cardinals picks because you know I don't have too much high hopes for them compared to the fan vote. No, no, I have, I have very little high hopes for for the Cardinals. So that's that's surprising. Um, but all right, so fan, you know our uh, our mystery fan out there, very interesting picks. I I must say they must have had a good time with this one. Either way, speed of good times. That's not going to take us to the AFC West, where I imagine things are going to be a little more homeostasis for us as well, too. Is Kansas City's won this one for more than half of a decade now. They've since since 2015 when the Broncos last won a Super Bowl, and everything since then has been Kansas City, Kansas City, and Kansas City, with a little bit of sprinkles of wild cards from the other. So, will they continue that trend? We'll go have to wait and see. But I'll go find and out on the next episode of Dragon Ball. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we're not. Find out here in about three minutes. But I'll tell you who's not going to win the division. That's who I have pulling up the rear here, and that will be the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they're going to finish in the cellar of this division, and I think it's going to be a three and fourteen record. They are going to be Indy Caleb May, Caleb Williams and Drake May Quinn Ewers sweepstakes. Jimmy Garoppolo is your guy, but how healthy is he? There were issues with his physical. He seems to be good to go now. How long will he stay healthy? We've gone over this. Josh McDaniels as the head coach. Didn't like it last year. Don't like it this year. Didn't like it in the past. Don't like it now. Don't like it in the future. You, Josh Jacobs, that situation is still playing out. That's arguably one of your best players. That not good look. Devontae Adams, do we really think he's not going to demand a trade if this continues? And I, I mean, does he really want to say that? Your defense is Max Crosby and a bunch of other guys you hope can do some things. So we're going to have the Las Vegas Raiders at the bottom sitting at 3-14. and 14. Pretty much in the race for that number one pick. They need to rebuild. They need to reload. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Josh McDaniels doesn't finish the season. Honestly, I think this that was a mistake hire. You went from a wild card team to a bad team that got rid of their franchise quarterback to where we are now. So for the Raiders, it's I can't see a scenario where it's pretty. I know Jimmy Garoppolo has an all time winning percentage, but I don't know. I just don't see it, especially if they're not going to pay Josh Jacobs. So we're going to go three and fourteen for the Raiders. I think it's going to be a bit of a shaky season for him. Pay that man. I agree wholeheartedly with you. Las Vegas Raiders probably going to be a struggle uh, in the desert for this team. So I, I'm just I'm going to leave it at that with that one. Absolutely. And speaking of struggles, we're going to go to the third place team is a team that struggled even worse last year, but I think it's going to get a little bit of their footing. We got the Denver Broncos sitting at third place in, in the division. I got them going seven and ten. So it's not going to be as catastrophic as last year. I do think Brady and Sean Payton having another year, I think that'll help them just a little bit. Not a whole lot, but I think it'll help them be more competitive in games, but you're not better than the other two teams in this division. The other teams that you're going to play, I, there's still a lot of holes defensively. They're outstanding. Patrick Sertan, the PS2 himself, is arguably the best corner in the game. Justin Simmons, incredible def- incredible safety. You got a good pass rush even after trading Bradley Chubb last year. They have a lot of really good players defensively. Offensively, you just lost Tim Patrick again in the preseason or in, in training camp. KJ Hamler looks like they really that they let him go with his heart issue he's going through as well. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sun both were apparently on the trade block in the offseason or they were listening but not willing to do it. We'll see when uh, Javante is able to get healthy too. So there's a lot of question marks. They did some good jobs reloading building the offensive line. I don't know about Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. I still don't know about that. I know Sean Payton was outstanding with a generational short quarterback in Drew Brees, but they they are they may be a similar height but not a play style. So I'm gonna say the Broncos can get seven to go seven and ten with some good talent, but I just can't see them being competitive in this division. Honestly, the other two teams I'm gonna talk about in a moment, I think, are clearly head and shoulders better. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned it. Uh, Russell being the being the guy who he is, I think it comes down to how well Russell pays attention and listens to Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton has the the ability to coach Russell and and make him that dude that Russell thinks he is because. Russell's not that dude right now. Like this is not playmaker. R three doesn't exist. He's not that dude that he puts on his shoes. Um, he is very much Russell Wilson. That is that is who he is. He is just that. I, he is a game manager at best, and so he needs things like Javante Williams. He needs things like uh, a you know quick slot receiver like a Jerry Judy. He needs a big target on the outside like Cortland Sutton. He needs a big explosive target like Tim Patrick to succeed. Unfortunately, one of those things isn't going to be there this season again, and it's devastating. Uh, I hate to see it because Tim Patrick was well on his way two seasons back-to-back, having fantastic years there, and then major injury both both preseasons here, and was looking like a huge love, huge target for, for Russell going in, there in this preseason. So uh, tough to see that one. The defense, though, does look good for the Broncos. But, yeah, you do have a lot of questions nonetheless uh, going forward. So I, I, I agree with your Broncos pick here at 7 and 10. Absolutely. Next, that's going to take me to number two in the division. I got the Los Angeles, should be San Diego Chargers at 10 and 7. Justin Herbert, the newly minted highest-paid player in the NFL. I think early in the season, he's going to come out bombs away with the new Kellen Moore offense. Quentin Johnson to go with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. When they're healthy, I think this offense is going to be incredible. Problem is they're not going to stay healthy very long because this franchise is snake bitten and those receivers unfortunately have a little bit of injury concerns. So I think Quentin Johnson's going to, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be outstanding, especially when Keenan Allen or Mike Williams unfortunately misses some time. 
I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be explosive. They're going to be fun. They're going to lose some games. They should win because Brandon Staley is going to do some dumb stuff as a coach. Like he tends to do like going forward on fourth and 19 or something ridiculous. Sometimes Herbert gets a little robotic. And I think that costs him a little bit. Kellen Moore gets a little greedy injuries. So 10 and seven feels like a good spot spot for him. Kind of like what they were last year, but a lot more explosive instead of having to throw check downs every play. So they're going to be fun. Give me the Chargers 10 and seven competing for a wild card spot. I like it. I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. Um, maybe our AFC West and NFC West are not going to be too different. It is what it looks like here. Uh, maybe ranking, obviously, game-wise, but it's going to be different. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think the Chargers here are, you know, at, at number two in the in the division. I think that's it's a pretty safe bet. Uh, everybody else seems to be pretty rough snake-bitten. Uh, I know the Chargers are still snake-bitten, uh, but you hit the hit on the head. It's all down to health with this Chargers team. If they can stay healthy, there's a lot this team could do. If they don't stay healthy, there's a lot this team could do negatively. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see if they can stay healthy or not. So If they stay moderately healthy, I think Justin Herbert can make a case for MVP because I think they have a lot of weapons that Philly does. And Brandon Quinn Johnson, you finally have a fast guy that utilizes down the field arm strength. You finally have someone that can run underneath it or run up and go get it. Instead of just Mike Williams dunking on people, you finally have some speed out there in the receiving court. I think that's going to be – I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. So that we're going to charge the 10, seven. And of course that's going to leave us at number one. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We got the Kansas city chiefs. I got them going 14 and three. I think they'll win a lot of games. They'll probably, they'll lose a couple here or there. They're going to go undefeated in their division. I sorry, not undefeated in their division. I've been going five and one in the division. I think the chargers might catch them just one game. Chiefs are going to, they're the chiefs. They're the, they're the juggernaut right now. Best player in the game and best quarterback in the game. Best, arguably the best coach right now. Best tight end. And one of the five best defensive players, if he when he's out there, there's not a whole lot of weaknesses in this team. They're they're outstanding. Kansas City fourteen and three, not a whole lot else to say. Defending Super Bowl champs, and they're not going to miss a beat. Hard to argue with that. Uh, it's, it's a pretty safe case there that you made for every for all for all parts of that. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the Chiefs a little bit more when I when I you know talk about them. Um, but yeah, I think I think your your point for the Chiefs here is is pretty well taken. Uh, I do think the Chiefs are. Are, are a strong team, and it's going to be hard to, to really see them lose out uh, easily, I think is the best way to put it. Absolutely. So just qu- quickly recapping the AFC West, we got the Raiders at the bottom at 3-14, and 14. the Broncos at the third place sitting at 7-10, and 10. Chargers at second place 10-7, and seven. and then we got the Chiefs running away the division at 14-3. and three. So that's going to be what I have for the AFC West. Kelsey, there's – Tough, tough one to follow that up because it sounds like uh, it sounds like he might be having the Chiefs not winning the division. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But Kelsey, go ahead and take it away for the AFC West. I will. I will take it away for the AFC West. Coming in at number four, the can. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's going to be Las Vegas Raiders. Let's not even play ourselves here. Two and fifteen. I'm not that much of a hater. I am a hater, but I'm not that much of a hater. I do love me some Patty and Travis Kelsey, but uh, I couldn't even jokingly put them at fourth uh, because right now the Raiders are the joke. It's almost like the SNLs thing where they can't make fun of something because it's just real life is funnier than what I could possibly make fun of. That's kind of how it is for this Raiders team. Uh, you know, the irony is not lost on me that Devontae Adams could end up back with Aaron Rodgers in New York by the end of the season. Uh, it would be absolutely horrifying to see, but yet at the same time, well, things happen. People move that on. I got some records to change. If you're telling me he has Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams, now I'm going to have to go back and change some of these when we talk about the AFC East. Uh, I'm just saying, man, hey, look, at this point in time, Devontae just has nothing to hold him here in Las Vegas. You talk about trading Hunter Renfro, too. Like, come on. 
really now, Vegas? Like, what are you doing? You already what traded Darren Waller. Like, I, I don't like it. I don't like anything that's happening right now. Uh, if you want Jimmy G to succeed, you need to have weapons. He succeeded with a tight end weapon in San Francisco. Well, and guess what you did? You're trusting Fabian Moreau more than Darren Waller. Does anybody know Fabian Moreau? Does anybody seen him? Has anybody actually seen or imagined what he plays like or looks like or what number he even wears? Can anybody tell me any of those things if you're not a Raider? Uh, because if you can, I'm going to call you a liar. Uh, just You probably looked it up on Google. Because right now, very few people know about Fabian Moreau. Moreau and that's going to stay that way while you watch this Raiders team play. That's just what it is. I mean, you're going to be handing the ball off to Josh Jacobs. You're going to be still trying to throw the ball to Hunter Redpro, and you're still going to be trying to throw the ball to Devontae. But you have no offensive line. You have no other, You have no real quarterback out, quarterback out there. If you, I don't even know if you can trust Jimmy. Uh, your defense is its going to be nice and call you Swiss cheese. Um, you have Max Crosby. Yay. Isaac Rochelle. Great for TikTok. Um, Tyree Wilson, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see about Tyree Wilson. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, you haven't had a first-round pick stare in your team longer than two years at this point in time in the last, what, seven years, eight years of drafts? Um, um okay, yeah like i, I don't know so, yeah it's been a long going since we can see a first round pick still on the raiders <laughs> yeah so raiders for me they're taking up fourth place here two and 15 in the afc west i don't got too much to add to that we both think they're probably going to stink as unless jimmy garoppolo can somehow just always find ways to win and stay healthy but i i'm having a tough time seeing it so not a whole lot to add here raiders look it's not looking good yeah it's it's, ugh, it's awful <laughs> uh but i'm taking me to number three here in the AFC West, and just like DJ, actually to a T, I have the Denver Broncos. Surprising nobody here. My hater hater rate is still flowing with orange and blue. Uh, it is not the orange and blue of Auburn. It is the orange and blue of Colorado, the Denver Crush, if you will. Uh, yeah, I just I, I don't trust them. I don't trust I don't trust that that Russell can get his ego out of the way uh, at the end of the day, but. I do think that this could be a team if fully healthy could have been could have been a contender could have been I you know, could have been a contender but yeah this this is not the case here um this this is not going to be pretty for the Broncos yet again uh I think Tim Patrick is the key for Russell Wilson to really unlock himself in in Denver um I think his defense is okay I don't think it's it's going to be bad by any means but I think it's it's okay it'll it'll win you some games it's just not going to lose you any um the problem is your offense isn't going to win you very many more um, and I think that's that's probably the concern here. Uh, you, you seven, eight wins, maybe uh, you might get lucky and break five hundred and get a ninth win. Um, I just don't see it, for, for to be honest. And it's tough for Sean Payton to return to this, but this is what he has to start with, and he'll have to make it work. Um, much like he did with Aaron Brooks in, in Denver, his or in uh, New Orleans his first year. So we'll we'll have to wait and see there. Uh, but yeah, Denver Broncos seven and ten and number three in the AFC West. And unfortunately, if you can't make it work this year, well, you don't have a whole lot of picks to change anything. So you're going to have to try and make it work the next year. And I, this is not the division to, to have to try and do this much. Maybe they can flip everything around, but I, you're going to need Russell Wilson from three years ago, not just not just the year before. So that's it's going to be a tough ask. Very few quarterbacks have a have a resurgent year after like after they're like 32 years old. Very rarely do they dip and then resurge like that when they've or return to form. So it's going to be tough for Denver. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Also, he has another child on the way with Sierra, by the way. Um, and if you've seen anything, uh, quarterbacks who have children on the way don't seem to do very well. 
um, in their season until that child is born. So, um, yeah, we'll hopefully, hopefully that's not the case for Russell. Hopefully he can figure it out. You do hope he does figure it out eventually. Um, but that'll take me to number two in the division. And this is where things get a little funky. Number two in the division for me is the Kansas City Chiefs. And, oh, it's this is where, like I said, this is where it gets funky, DJ. Just be prepared. The Kansas City Chiefs finished second in the division at 14-3. and three. They finished second in the division because they go 4-2 and two in the division. Losing once to the Chargers and once to the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. You saw it here. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a surprise to me, too. I was just going through doing my pickums, and uh, this is how it shook out. I love, like I said, I love me some Patty. I love me some Andy Reid. I love me some Travis Kelsey. I love me some Chris Jones. Uh, you know, I think this team is just very talented. I think they can be got, though. Um, I do think there are some holes in this team, and one of those holes just so happens to be something that the Chargers are very good at, which is somebody go up and get it over top of your shorter corners. Then somebody to burn your corners down the sideline. And somebody to put your corners or linebacker in a blender and beat them over the middle. Uh, just so happens that the Chargers have three weapons that can do all three of those things at any given point in time. Uh, maybe Quentin Johnson, not as much uh, with the blender part of it, but he can definitely outrun anybody and can go moss on anybody else. And let's not forget Austin Eckler has a chip on his shoulder now because um, he's trying to go get paid at the end of this season as well. Um, but yeah, Kansas City Chiefs 14 and three. Um, like I said, surprised me that a team that's 14 and three don't win their division. But they don't win their division. So the Chiefs take second here in the AFC West. Uh, GJ, how do you feel about that? I'm going to let you go and say what you have to say about the Chargers. I'm going to respond to both of them because I need to see, I have, I have more questions and I just need to see the entire story. So I'm going to let you just continue on now. All right. So that does take me to number one. And as I talked about, the Los Angeles Chargers are the team that take number one in the division. Again, also 14 and three. The difference being in division record they go six and zero in the division uh so actually just kidding they beat, beat the chiefs twice um and they were the only team to beat the chiefs but yeah they uh that's how the chiefs end up end up losing to the chargers here six and zero. um i do think this is a situation where you see justin herbert mesh very well with his brand new offensive coordinator and kellen moore kellen moore is going to air it out much like he tried to do with dak but the difference is dak sometimes hesitated justin herbert has no hesitation in pulling the trigger Justin Herbert is told, hey, that guy's open if he has an inch of space. That's all Justin Herbert needs to hear to throw a ball. I mean, he has the arm. He has the talent. He knows he doesn't have a great offensive line. It's good enough. It's not great, though. And that's the key here is is it's going to be good enough but not great. He's going to bend but don't break in a lot of situations. And he's going to be helped out by this new addition, obviously, in Quentin Johnson. But I think you're going to get, for the first time, in Justin Herbert's career, I think we're finally going to get a healthy receiving core. And I've asked for this in the last three years, and I feel like third time's a charm here. I'm just going to keep asking for it. Healthy receiving core for Justin Herbert. I think it's finally going to happen. I think Austin Eckler is going to continue what he's doing, being an absolute dual threat monster. Uh, he's, just, he's a threat both ways. And let's not forget this defense is an absolutely star-studded defense as well. You have a Bosa in there. You have two young, talented corners. You have a safety who, by the way, didn't have the greatest season last year, is ready for a bounce back. 
and Still the best safety in the game, arguably too. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have a lot of talent on this team, and it's just a matter of getting them on the same page and really just staying healthy. And if your head coach can stay out of the way, you can be a very successful team. And that's what I think happens here. I think he actually takes a step back, doesn't try to make all these extra decisions, gives his team the opportunity to, to go out there and play. And I think that's where you see this team taking 14-3 and three to the bank. 6-0 uh, in the division, that's the difference between them and the Kansas City Chiefs at number two. Also at 14-3, but 4-2 and two in the division. So what you're saying is the last game of the year for both teams is going to be, in this case, the 13. It'll be the 13 and three Chargers taking on the 14 and two Kansas City Chiefs and the Chargers. Are gonna, so that one's probably going to be your Sunday primetime game, most likely. Yeah. Let me ask yeah, you one other question on top of this as well, too. Who do you think is going to have the better season, Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes? We'll go statistic. We'll go statistically speaking. I think statistically speaking, I think it should be Justin Herbert. All things, if healthy, his receiving core and running back is built for his talents. I do think he'd be putting up close to five thousand plus yards, like fifty five hundred yards. I think we could we could approach um, fifty five hundred. You think he's breaking records? Then we're getting. Close I think to there's it. a potential. I think there's a, you look at this receiving core. It's a potential receiving core that could do it. I'm not going to say he has the receiving core all uh Steve Young 49ers with JJ Stokes, Jerry Ross, Rice, T. Owens, hmm. but. <laughs> on paper, he has something that is not not Jerry Rice, but you know, really good right now in, in the league. But he has something better than JJ Stokes, and he has something better than that rookie TO. I think that's where he's at right now. Um, so I think there's a potential there that this receiving core, if healthy and, and everything makes a transition like it should, that Quentin Johnson makes that transition like he should. I think there's a lot of opportunity. And I think the biggest part of this thing that makes it an opportunity is Austin Eckler. I think Austin Eckler being who he is and being the, the talent that he is, I think that's a huge part of this game going forward. And as long as Austin Eckler can stay healthy along with Justin Herbert and, you know, Mike Williams, I think Mike Williams is the key. Again, I said it last year. I will say it again. I think Mike Williams is the key. If he can stay healthy from that receiving core, um, it's, it's, it's a huge boon for that team. I think, I think it's big for Justin Herbert to have that ability. So yeah, I'm going to say, you know, I think he could break records. I think he could could beat Pat, Patty head to head in the season as far as statistics go as well. I will say one thing I want to see from them all that too is I want to see if them to be able to run the ball where they're ahead. We saw it in that playoff game; they could not run the ball, so they end up sort of. So I know Austin Eckler's incredible, but he's not really a guy you hand the ball off to kill the game with too often. I hope they could kind of find that somewhere on the roster, or Eckler becomes that guy. I think that will help them be able to do this, especially in those Kansas City games. We saw Kansas City come back on him last year in one of their head to head games because they weren't always the best at killing the clock. But that is interesting. I do love the Chargers offense. I love that receiving core. I think Justin Herbert, if they can stay healthy, is going to be electric. But the Kansas City Chiefs reign at the top of the West comes to an end via tiebreaker in 2023. So an eight-year AFC West title run coming to an end, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, that's what I have it as, finally. But somebody has to break the streak, right? It just can't go on forever. Um, but, yeah, just to recap everybody, I have the Las Vegas Raiders taking fourth in the AFC West at 2-15. and 15. The Denver Broncos, 7-10 and 10 in third place. Kansas City Chiefs taking up second place, not by much, at 14-3. and three. A 4-2 and two divisional record is the reason why they're in second place. And the number one team in the West, the Los Angeles Chargers, also at 14-3, and three, but 6-0 and oh in the division, which is what puts them in that first place because of tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So, yeah, that's where I got it. And, again, 
Let us know what we got right. Let us know what we got wrong. I mean, again, this is going to be one I know I'm going to take some heat for. I'm okay with it. I'm accepting of the fact that this is going to be some 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 smoke coming my way. I'm ready for it. I got my smoke detector. I got my my fire extinguisher. I'm I'm good to go. I got a fan next door to me as well. Um, I mean, I got lightsaber. If they really want to get get funky, we can, we can, we can have some fun with this one. But uh, no, I think that it's it's going to be interesting to see going forward for sure. And if at any point the Chargers ended up like one and four to start the season, we got a live look at Kelsey running away from all of that smoke. <laughs> you see Kelsey turning on those afterburners once that smoke starts coming. If the Chargers start one and four, getting a little bit rusty. It's, it's just going to be this simple. I'm just going to go, boop. <laughs> just going to disappear into the night. But as we mentioned earlier, too, we do have a fan vote for you this one as well, too. We're going to pop up the fan vote here now and. Looks a little more similar to mine than it does to Kelsey's on this one. Is they have the Raiders at three and fourteen as well. They have the Broncos at four and thirteen. Another miserable season in the Russell Wilson experiment. The Chargers at eleven and six, and Kansas City at fourteen and three. So, the fan vote for the AFC West a little closer to mine and yours a little bit more as compared to the NFC West. So, looks like we're. Look, a I mean, there. the fan fan vote at least knows that the Chargers are at least going to get a double digit this season as well. Uh, so thank thank goodness they they got that right at least. Uh, I'm still more concerned about their their NFC West though. That was a that was a concerning concerning division. But yeah, I think I think they have probably a better head on their shoulders for the AFC West than I do. Maybe I'm a little biased. I I'm just hoping for the best out of the the powder blue and and old gold athletic gold, if you will, uh, Chargers. I just I don't know, man. I just want them to do something for once. If they can stay healthy, I think they can make. They can make your prediction a lot more realistic than people think if they can stay reasonably healthy and brand Staley stays out of the way. doesn't get too greedy or too stupid. Just reel it back in a little bit. I think they'll be okay. But that's what we have here for the AFC and the NFC West predictions. This is, this is just the first of many of them. Next week, we got the AFC and NFC East, which is definitely going to be one you want to tune into because that includes Kelsey's Cowboys amongst fourth place and Aaron Rodgers' Jets as well, too. So we got a lot that will be – Talking they will about not next. finish in fourth place. They will not finish in fourth place. So that's spoiler alert. But that'll be who we're talking about next week. Then after that, we're going to go through the north and then the south. And then our final episode is going to be the playoff runs, the Super Bowl, as well as some award recaps. So we got a lot of fun episodes coming forward. Be sure to follow us on our social media accounts too. So that way you're up to date and you don't miss an episode. If you're on YouTube, feel free to subscribe. It's free. Doesn't cost you anything. Helps us out a lot. And it's free. to You can you can unsubscribe at any point if you get sick of us and you won't miss an episode. So we appreciate y'all joining us here for this first episode of our NFL preseason predictions episode. We got many more to come and we will see you all again next week.